Welcome to A Break From The Grind. I'm your host, Jason, and this is my co-host, George. Say hi to the people, George. What is going on, mo bitches? Yeah, you said you were going to do something better this week. No, I didn't. That was Yeah, you did. I did? You did. Dude, I'm hyped, dude. We yeah. just, so, for those of you who don't know, we just finished talking to uh, Justin Lorano. Did I say it right? <laughs> nope. Lorano. Nope. Lanero. Lanero. God, it's the, oh, it keeps throwing me off. It, it sounds like it should be an E. Yeah. Lanero. So. Lanero. Justin Lanero. This was really, this part right here where he was talking about Justin Lorano. Was, Lorano. Was awesome to do right in front of Justin Lorano. It, it was, it was the best so we just got done with our interview uh you will be able to catch that a little bit later in our show we'll, we're gonna splice it in and then uh make the magic happen make it happen make the magic happen yeah it was it was honestly it was a good time uh great conversation uh justin's a great dude uh again we appreciate him coming on uh talking to us it went longer than we expected and we weren't really trying to stop him a whole lot we were just letting him go because the dude is brilliant you know the best part for me was Ice cream talk? Yeah, he he invited us over for ice cream. I know. I and, feel like so. Here's the funny thing. Yeah, is like right. I have a lot of family in Massachusetts, and right now my mother and my brother are actually up there. So I feel like if I go up to Massachusetts, I can reach out to him, and dude, me and him can have ice cream. Here's here's what I feel like we should do. We should get your your mom. To go to the store and get some of some fish food, and, some fish food, and bring it over to him. So she's in Lowell uh, or Greenfield, one or the other, and he's over up in Boston. Yeah, but how far away is that? It's probably about an hour and a half, hour forty five minutes, something like that. <laughs> That's nothing. my mom is not going to do that for somebody. She has no idea who he is. <laughs> Listen, how far away are we from him right now? A lot further. We'd have okay. To, it's a, it's, that, it's that, like that, a twenty three hour drive. That's how you sell it. Listen. Listen, for you, it's an hour and a half. For us, it would be 24 hours. Can you just... <laughs> my mom, you, my mom's like, I'm not bringing ice cream to somebody I don't know. I'm uh, sorry. Maybe if we can get his address, I do want to send him a potato. So... <laughs> a little gift basket potato. A little gift basket with a potato in it in <laughs> yeah. a bag of gummy dicks. You think he'd, you think, you think he'd laugh? <laughs> I think he'd find it hilarious, to be honest. But no, here's the, the cool thing. Well, it's not cool. But uh, so my, my cousin has cancer. Oh. Uh, she's like I said, it's not <laughs> here, dude. Here is the greatest thing ever. My cousin has cancer. No, so she's had cancer. Um, she's had it for quite a while. Still actually. doesn't make it cool. No, okay. Um, that wasn't the cool part. Although I just became a total dick the way I said it and, you, and the way um, I led in with it. Oh, I'm not cutting that out either. The, don't I listen? I would be pissed at you if you did. Okay, go ahead. But uh, if she passes and. Honestly, I say that took a worse turn. Than no, I, no. Jesus let me finish. Let me no. finish, though. Let me finish. And, and honestly, hold on. It, if you're telling me that that her passing up in Boston is going to give you a chance to go see him, and that's what you're excited about, you should stop now. No. So okay. odds are, honestly, she's going to pass. Uh, that's something that we have, as a family, have all come to uh, to realize, and that's the, one of the reasons why my brother and my mom are up there. Uh, she's got cancer. It's she was in remission, and then it came back and it spread into her lungs. So if she passes, she's one of my favorite cousins, uh, Tanya, you know, I love you. And I will actually be taking time off of work to go up to, to her funeral up there. With that said, I'll probably go to Boston with some ice cream. <laughs> you, you do know it'll melt by the time you get there. No shit, Sherlock. I'll buy it in Boston. But that's and not I'll what be like, said. Hey, Justin, I got some ice cream. You want to hang out? <laughs> I got some fish food. <laughs> And some rocky road. Oh, I'm going to hell. 
What, what do you want from me? I'm just going to sit and let you stew in that. No, there's nothing to stew, dude. I've reserved my ice box in hell. I've got a little ice chest. It's air conditioned. It's reserved. I already know. I, I have accepted the fact I'm going to hell. There I accepted is, it a long time ago. I made reservations. That's how comfortable I am with it. There is no fish food in hell. There is. It's going to be in my ice box. Okay, so um, we had Justin on. Like I said, it'll, he'll. We're going to talk for a little bit, and then we'll we'll switch over to the interview. Um, he he did not just message you. No, no. Uh, Your phone should be on airplane mode. Where I took it off because I knew. <sighs> Sorry, it's Matt. No. <sighs> That's all I'm saying about that. All right. Um, what were we talking about? I don't know. We had Justin on. I'm going to hell. Oh yeah, you're there's going to ice hell. cream in the ice, ice box. Oh yeah, so we had Justin on, uh, and fucking work. All right, so we had Justin on, and he's going to talk a little bit about his story of um, alcoholism and recovery. We talked to him a little bit about the questions you guys asked, but honestly, we got we were we ran so long that we only got through a handful of them. Yeah, there, so, there, there was about. 10 or 12 that we didn't get to, but that was okay. So I'll apologize to you guys in advance. We like to ask our guests all the questions you ask us, um, and we failed on that front. But um, but more importantly, there was a more powerful message sent in, in, in talking with him than getting the answers to these questions, in my opinion. And that message is that he liked us more than Clock Dodgers. Absolutely. He said we were the best podcast. I will, you know what? We'll just let you hear it for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So- uh, having said that, I want to get into our Toys for Tots portion of the show this week. Um, and I know you're thinking to yourself, it's not November, it's not December, but if you listen to us, you know that we're starting early this year. Um, we are trying to structure things around like big events. So we did our NCAA bracket, which was awesome. I don't know if we announced it last week, but the we winner did. was... The winner was uh, at Brentsky from the app. And, and I want to make sure in case we didn't say it last week... Um, because I don't remember. Cause it's, we did. It's but in case we didn't, what I want to say is he was uh he was nice enough to donate his winnings. It was a fifty fifty basically, and he was nice enough to donate his winnings back to yep the uh the Toys for Tots drive. So again, Brinsky, thank you so much for for doing that. Yeah, he he said it was an honor to uh just to be able to play, and that he wanted the the money to go back to the kids. He it was uh I told him I'd pay him the eighty five dollars on Thursday. Um, after the tournament and he said, no, don't, don't, I don't want the money. He goes, I want it to go back to Toys for Tots. So that was absolutely phenomenal. You go to you caring. If you look up the 2018 Toys for Tots drive, uh, you'll see George's, uh, you'll, you'll see George's post there about, uh, why we're doing this. And, we'll, we'll post a link on, uh, I'll post a link on Twitter. I'll post a, uh, a link on the shout or on the finish life app. I'll make a shout, uh, with the link in it and in the comments as well. All right, so um, let's see what else happened this week. Anything, anything with you, George? Uh, this week, my daughter got braces. My wife lost her crown on, her, on one of her teeth. We uh, we bought a a water pick for my daughter, and my wife was using it, and I guess she had the the pressure up too hard, and it knocked her. Uh, she blew the crown off. She blew the crown off. It, it fell out last night. She's like, oh, I just lost my crown, and I'm like, Oh God! Did she find it? Yeah, she found it. It was in her mouth. It didn't fall out of her mouth. That was like blasted back down to her throat or something. No, no. But uh, my son came back from the Keys. I'm, I'm jealous. That boy lives right now. 
So he, him and his girlfriend broke up and I don't care what he says. He's living the life. I wish I lived when I was his age. Single. No, not, not necessarily single, but the stuff that we've been blessed enough to send him off to go do, uh, with, with his boy scouts and whatnot. I mean, he just spent a week sailing in the keys, going scuba diving, uh, learning how to operate a sailboat, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I never got to do dick when I was his age, uh, as far as going out to camps and, and, and going on vacations and trips and whatnot. Uh, it, it never happened. It just did not happen. My, my, my son is spoiled. Uh, my daughter's got braces. So here's something that kind of bothers me. So I, I, I like to think I'm a pretty decent cook. And I know you're, you're, I'm got no problem saying it. Jason is a better cook than me. Um, but my son wants to be a cook when he gets older. At least that's what he says now. And I feel like a lot of kids say that when they really don't know what they want to do. But right now he's saying he wants to be a cook. So for the summer, we started looking up cooking programs that are, you know, around the county that we could send him to over the summer. Right. Well, there's one here in Port St. John and for, it's a one-week course at, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the, the Culinary Institute, but it's a Culinary Institute that is putting on a class here in, in Port St. John. The hours are from 8 to 1, okay. Monday through Friday. Um, at the end of the day, or at the, at the end of the class on Friday, they have a luncheon for the family that is cooked by all the students. And it's supposed to be this big, elegant, fancy luncheon and whatnot. And from the reviews I read, you know, the luncheon was phenomenal and fantastic and whatnot. And they do a really good job teaching the kids how to cook different things and how to bake different things and whatnot. My problem is the price. $800. For one week? For one week. Fuck that. I will show him. I will show that boy how to cook. (laughs) Jason, I will pay you $800 a week (laughs) to come teach my son to cook Monday through Friday from 8 to (laughs) 1. Done. Done. I got I got vacation. I can do that three four weeks. Oh, dude, I'm it's fucking outrageous the 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 cost for for summer camps for kids these days. Yeah, I mean it. And, I mean that's the thing. It's not just these this camp that's that expensive. It's all summer camps. It's all summer camps. I can't. I don't. I don't even understand how. Listen, I'm a parent of two kids, and we like our kids don't do shit like that because yeah. we just can't afford it. But like, so, I don't know how parents do it these days. I, 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 I mean, conv- credit cards, I guess. So the, this this culinary, and I'm I know I'm stuck up on this culinary uh, camp, but it excuse me, it's really nice. They you know they give him a chef hat, they give him a, a, the chef's jacket and the apron and all that. Um, he comes home with a knife set, a really nice knife set. Okay. So, I mean, I can see, a you know, they gave him a little bit of perks and they do teach him from the reviews that I read. And I've talked to people who've sent their kids to this camp that it's, it's excellent. And, you know, they come back with a wealth of knowledge and they're very good and whatnot. But fuck, $800 and where we live, $800 is a paycheck for some people. And you can't, I mean, who can... It's what it's more than so, uh, and I'll uh, get a little personal here. It's probably more than your wife brings home. It's a, a lot paycheck. more. It's more than my wife brings home in two weeks. That's what I'm saying. Her, her, she listen. I got no problem saying how much my wife makes in two weeks. It would take four weeks of her working to pay for that. Jesus. And we'd have a little money left over, but not a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, I, listen, and I, she takes off during the summer, so she's not getting paid because the schools are closed. So I wonder. 
um because there was a time i really wanted to be I, like i wanted to go culinary art school and then i wanted to be a chef mm-hmm. and then i see how much those guys are on their feet and how shitty like work can be for that and how much i mean unless you're 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 big time you, you don't get paid a whole lot either no it's yeah it's you don't get paid for the amount of work you actually have to my dogs have sounded the alarm. I think my wife is home. Oh, no. Yeah. Let me go shut them up. Quick, let's, talk, let's stop talking about your girlfriend. <laughs> no, I like talking about the girlfriend. It's the wife I don't like talking about. Yeah. Uh, I looked up uh, camps for my daughter, and I'm thinking about sending her one. So, I guess if I had to pick a kid who I liked more, I would guess I'm guessing it's probably going to be my son. Because every year, he gets to go do like all these amazing things with the Boy Scouts and whatnot. And, I mean... The trip down to the Keys, we paid $1,100 for. He did the the canoeing up in Montana and Canada. That was like $1,500. So we spent a lot of money on my son to go to different places to do a whole bunch of different things. And my daughter, she doesn't go anywhere. She doesn't do anything. So one thing I really wanted to do this year was when we send her, we're going to send her to her first camp. And one of the things she's into right now is horseback riding. Okay. So we looked around here and we found a couple of uh, horseback riding camps. They actually offer a couple that are local. And it's only like 400 bucks for a week, which I th- I find that to be a little bit more reasonable. They you It's know, still high, but it's it's, not- it's it's high, but it's you know, it's it's acceptable. But it's not $800 a week high. Yes. <laughs> well, so y- you know, you should just get your daughter like year-round lessons to horseback riding. Too expensive. And and we don't have the the time for transport, so that's that's another issue that we look at. Is she wants to do gymnastics, and she's always saying, "I want to do gymnastics," and I'm all for her doing gymnastics. The problem is, is with our work schedule and all my extracurricular activities that I am uh, required to do right now. It don't and by the time Jessica she gets off work after the school closes, so she gets out around six six thirty ish. We don't have the time to to be able to pick her up to get her to there. And then pick her up and bring her home. The bringing her, picking her up to bring her home is never going to be an issue, but it's to get getting her there at five o'clock. Here's what you need to do. That's an issue. Getting her there at six o'clock is an issue. I, I got the perfect solution. I'm all ears. Get her a horse. Let her ride there. Yeah, let her ride a horse there. No. So what I'm what <laughs> <laughs> what I'm what I'm thinking about doing is next year we're planning on moving into my mother-in-law's house. We've narrowed it down that we're going to move next year. Um, and what we're going to end up doing is my mother-in-law is going to be retiring and that'll be perfect where we'll be living in the house with her. So she'll be able to take Victoria to and from all of her stuff that she needs to go to. Okay. Which will work perfect because that gets the mother-in-law out the house, you know, keeps her active, keep her going and whatnot. Okay. Very cool. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. Still get a horse. Yeah. No. Buy a horse. <laughs> Buy a horse so she can get the gymnastics on it. Yeah, yeah. You should tell her that she, two, she she'll think you're awesome. Two birds, one stone. I'm just I'm I am a problem solver here <laughs> on breaking the grind. Hey, can can you pay for said horse? Because if you pay it's for not, said horse, it's I not, it's not my horse. I understand that, but I feel, I'm not riding it to gymnastics. I, I feel I feel as if you know it was your idea. So therefore, if you buy the horse, well, my idea was for you to buy. A I horse. I have. Yeah, I know, but uh, I think no. You said get a horse. You didn't say you didn't say how I should get well, the horse. I you just said get a horse. No, so, so steal a horse. I don't care. No, but, I think like, if you, you buy her a get, horse, you should procure the horse. I'm, and I'm asking you to procure the horse for me. I can't do that. 
Oh, well, then, then, then that, not again. Okay. I've tried that. I've done that once. I, Listen, it, the first it, time bit, it was a mistake. Bit, it was a misunderstanding. I thought it was legal. I thought I, I had a horse. I didn't. I don't know where it came from. I thought it was, it was a whole thing. I don't. We I can't know. Talk about, I thought I, it legally, was legal. Legally, I can't talk about it. We didn't understand the restraining order afterwards. To, I'm not allowed to have a horse anymore. <laughs> there was video involved. It was in Ohio. <laughs> anyway, can't talk about it. Let's move on. So what move you, on, what you guys on. need to do is Google Dr. Mill horse. Dr. Go go to YouTube, Dr. Mill and horse. That's all you need to know. Okay. There's a video. <laughs> it wasn't that kind of video. <laughs> There's a video. <laughs> Uh, YouTube, they blurted out a little bit. YouTube is not going to get you there. All right, fine. Go to Pornhub. Don't go to the, no. <laughs> every single one of our listeners right now. Go to Pornhub. Doctor Mill. Doctor Mill horse. Horse. That's all you need to know. You're going to end up on some list. Some. <laughs> Don't go to Korean horse. That's going to get you something totally different. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Jesus. How Jesus has get, nothing to do with it. How did we get here? We downhill on a horse. Totally downhill. <laughs> Let, let's bring it back up. Dude, we're having a great night. We had, we, we had an amazing guest earlier. Uh, people <sighs> should be getting ready to listen to that. We need to wrap this up. All right. So, yeah, I think that's that's going to have to be it for this uh, for this because uh, we we did talk to him for like an hour and 15 minutes, and I'm pretty much spent. Like, I, I actually prepared for this interview. I did my homework. Jason did more work for this one interview than I've ever seen him do. I literally – yeah, I, I listened – Dude, you know how much I, how well I wanted to do on this interview? I actually listened to Clock Dodgers. <laughs> Talk about stabbing yourself with the, with a pencil right in your ear. Oh. No. So and and uh, anyway, so here's our interview with Justin Lanero. Really cool guy. Uh, at the end of this, we'll come back and uh, give you the good nights and thanks for taking a break from the daily grind. So anyway, here's our interview. As we mentioned earlier. For the fourth time, we have a special guest on tonight, Justin Lanero. George, can you tell them where they can find Justin? Yes, he's the host of the Die Hards podcast. Uh, he's a senior fantasy football analyst at dieharsfootball.com, and he also writes for rotorgrinders.com. Justin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, did, did I finally get that half decent? Well, you, you did. did. All right. you, <laughs> you didn't do it. I just couldn't pronounce the fucking name, okay? That's Jesus my... Well, um, see, and you said, can you cuss? Like, within three seconds, George is already cussing. It's part of my language. All right. Um, so, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because I'd listened to, recently listened to, um, I was going through some back episodes of Clock Dodgers with Neil, and uh, heard your story uh, about how you were an alcoholic, became sober, and, and obviously it's done really well for you. You've you've made a, a big name for yourself in fantasy football. Because I listened to that, I went back and listened to Matt Harmon's interview with you as well, um, and both kind of moved me. Mostly because my brother had had um, issues with drugs and alcohol, and he wasn't lucky enough to to come out of it. But when I do hear stories like that, I, I want to get them out there for everybody to listen to, and uh, so I really do appreciate you coming on. Anytime, guys. Good to be on. So for for those that haven't listened to the the two podcasts I mentioned, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I mean, where where do I start? Do we talk about the guy that used to like to drink a lot, or are we talking about uh, where, where I'm at in fantasy land? Uh, well, let's let's start. We'll talk about fantasy land. Let's start with the guy who used to like to drink a lot. Um, geez, we're we're going back now over twenty years. I think it started. A lot of people 
say that alcoholism is a genetic thing, which I believe it, it can run in the blood. And um, a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with who you hang out with, and and the and um, not necessarily the the home life, but I think that can all um, play a role as well in some of the people that you hung around and uh, got in the game early, right? Um, Thirteen years old, I can remember Wu Tang Clan's first album came out. I was about thirteen. I was a big Wu Tang guy. I can remember Method Man and drinking Saint Ides forties. Or there were 22 ounces actually, and that, and having a couple of those, and what, got a little glow from it, and then pissing a ton from it, and uh, and then you just, and then it progressed slowly. It's a progressive disease that, that I later developed that I that I had, um, and uh, you know high school was no different than a lot of uh, high schools. Unfortunately, you know you you look forward to Friday and Saturday night. And I think at that point I was. I had a diverse crowd that I hung out with. I had different. I was an athlete, but I had different crews. And um, you know, we we had we had it made, uh, so to say. And um, in terms of not being bothered by the police or authorities, and just kind of did what we wanted. I I, I didn't couldn't handle my booze a ton, but I, I continued to, to chase that. And smoked a lot of weed, um, dabbled in ecstasy. Had a little ecstasy phase, which was really new on the scene. And show up to school dances, and and they thought you were drunk, but you'd actually be. Uh, Rolling, I think, is the word. But um, drugs is not a huge part of my story. Yet. Drugs came and left, but the one constant was the alcohol uh, chased that feeling. And, uh, you know, as I got older and people went out to college and, and stuff like that, I I had lost my dad my junior year of high school. And uh, he was a, he didn't drink, but there was, a, there was alcohol on the home front. My mother's a recovering alcoholic, um, and, and, and she's now sober as well. But uh, I kind of got derailed. wasn't quite a boy, wasn't quite a man. When he passed away, I needed guidance. I needed that structure, and it, and it wasn't there. So here I am with a mom that likes to drink, two dogs, and a big house, and a in the suburbs, and uh, and a and a crew of friends that like to drink and party, and um, not a lot of structure. I think that that's what we all need at a certain at a certain point of our life. Um, I still need structure today, but uh, it progressed, and I I can remember me and. 18, 19, and needing to, needing to drink more than everybody else. We used to go to bars in Boston. We had some connections in, in over by Boston College, and so we were drinking at 18, 19 in the bars, which was, which was pretty cool, but it continued to progress. And uh, my 21st birthday was just kind of like another day. I actually got diagnosed with mono the day before my 21st birthday, <laughs> But you, which is if you've ever had mono, gentlemen, it, it's – it's strep throat times three. Your spleen's the size of a basketball. And the timing was just piss poor because now this sickness was going to screw with my drinking schedule. And you're, who wants to sit out your 21st birthday? It doesn't make sense. So right. spleen the size of a basketball, sore throat, at the bar, drinking Crown Royal, smoking cigarettes. That is alcoholism. Um, the, the normal person is home relaxing but my mind my my wiring um was different and it in my my 20s was a blur and i hurt a lot of people and um i wasn't a real contributing member of society and uh, at uh you know my my i drank daily I, I probably had from 22 to 30 it was i had at least 10 to 12 nips of vodka every single night of the week with red bull um and that, that was just a sample and, and not some, and I would, 
I'm almost the type of person that would take the holidays that people used to go like St. Patrick's Day. You guys might have seen me tweet some stuff like amateur night. Like I take nights like New Year's Eve off because I'd be so screwed up from the nights before. Turned into a professional drinker. My priorities were: Do I have enough ice cubes? Do I have enough straws? Do I have enough cigarettes? I'm golden. Um, you know, I, I would turn down dates with attractive women just so I could drink on. Uh, and, and at my pace without having to worry about being judged. Hmm. And at, at, so the story, it does get better because I must have bumped my head at 30 where I lost my 20s to drinking. And, uh, and I decided it was time to stop. And, uh, and I, and I, and I went and I got some help. And, and uh, it's, it's been five years, but I, I just go day to day because it can, it can unravel real quick. For sure. So, um, I guess my first question is, so you said your mom's a recovering alcoholic as well. Um, have have you ever talked to her about what caused her alcoholism? Do you think it was the loss of your father or just something something different? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she got in the game later. My mom actually, my grandparents died 96, 97, and then she lost my father in 99. So it was bang, bang, bang. And uh, that could take a toll on somebody. Oh, for sure. And, Absolutely. And she, she got in the game later on. In her in her forties, so it, it, I, I definitely think there's a genetic part of it. Um, I don't blame her for what the hell happened to me, but I, I think you know, and we worked off each other. You know, I, I uh, she did her thing after my father passed away. I did my thing, and, and we kind of didn't comment on what was going on. And um, but the beautiful thing about it is, she got to a certain point, and I got to a certain point that we said to you know ourselves that enough is enough. And something needs to be done about this because, you know, we're not drinking in safety. People don't like being around us. But, yeah, so now we kind of we do it together, which is a, which is a beautiful thing. Well, and now you kind of have that support where um, when you were drinking and she was drinking, you weren't there. You weren't there to help her and she wasn't there to help you because you were both in the, having the, the same issue. Um, and, you know, your, your dad had passed, so he wasn't there. So there was nobody there basically to snap you out of it and and sit you down and go look you're going down a bad path yeah but now that you now that you guys are together both sober you have i mean aside from aa and we'll talk about that later but you have each other to kind of bolster each other up we have shitty days i mean right it's life so yeah everybody has shitty days that's right so in the in the in the bottom line is you you know there's not there's nothing worth picking up that first drink over so i'm gonna have and i get you know have rainy days all the time and um but i've i've come to the realization that there's nothing that a drink is going to make better so she has a bad day or something's coming up usually we, we share the same sentiment which we were taught over the, the years that it's time to get to a meeting that's where the wisdom is we i have, I have a book next to me that has a thousand meetings in eastern massachusetts at every time of the day local churches and so wherever um and and usually if you start to if the, your your thinking is bad or you're sad, a lot of the answers are in a dingy room. Sit there for an hour, absorb information that relates to you that you can identify with, and chances are you'll leave feeling better. So there's no question about it that it's it is it, it makes things easier to have, especially my mom in this case, um, you know, who gave birth to me, and we've been through an awful lot together to be on kind of the same path where if some of that 
poor thinking comes up or even the thought of a drink, which happens rarely, but it can happen because we're human, we can um, talk to each other because there's that trust and that common denominator. Yeah, it, well, it, yeah, it's it's nice to know. So, like, I know when I was in, in the Marines and uh, when I was overseas and coming back, some of the struggles I had, um, and I had to go to some meetings and, and talk to people about it, and it's just it's, kind of emphasizing what you're saying it's nice to know that you're not alone out there that there's people out there that are, are struggling just like you going through the same types of, of, right. of problems that you have and that is, you're not an isolated person that you're not truly alone even though sometimes you may feel like you are yeah and it, it's it's there's millions of us out there i think it's just a lot of us are hard-headed um and uh you know it, it, it you got to get to a when you're done you're done i think that every person gets to that moment where they uh, discover that hey maybe i'm drinking too much why is my head hurting every morning why did i piss the sheets why is my phone in 15 pieces why is the tv broken who is this laying next to me you know we've all got to that that point um and you, you, it's time to make a decision unfortunately the, i think the statistics are like five and a hundred can can ultimately put the drink down and um that being said, I mean it's 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 it really breaks down to one day at a time because that's all any of us have right. Um, but I could the three of us I could fly to Florida tonight and we could light it up and I would throw away five years uh, just like that. So you got to keep you got to kind of keep it in the day and and what do we got? Almost eight is it seven thirty eight o'clock? So yeah. So the day's almost over. We got through another day and then we'll work. You know, um, and then I'll, I'll get to tomorrow. Tomorrow. Well, and I think the important thing is, and it's something you talked about, is it's a daily struggle, um, you know, for people that, people on the outside, they just see, you know, hey, you should just give it up, and, and it's not like that. You can't just snap your fingers and it's over. Um, it is a daily struggle, and I know, so I know a couple of um, recovering alcoholics, and they say they still miss drinking, like, they even even though they're not doing it anymore and they know it's better for their lives not to do you still deal with that every day or or every week or every month is there a time where you like I, you miss the feeling or a specific drink or a location yeah there's a, there's a lot of different times that it crosses your mind right we're coming up on the i know you guys are spoiled by florida weather but i feel <laughs> well 90 percent uh, of the year I, i'll say i was born in massachusetts and, oh really? Yeah, I was uh, born actually in Lowell. Um, oh no shit! Yeah, so I, I lived up in Massachusetts. So I was eleven, and then my parents moved down to to Florida. They got smart and got the hell out. Um, yeah. I'm still waiting for the rest of my family up there to to follow suit. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, the weather up there, like you said, it's pretty much terrible all year round, except for summer is kind of nice and fall is real nice, in my opinion. I had actually jury duty uh, low one time. It was a pretty funny story. Uh, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, structurally, it's a nice city. There are some uh, shady characters. But um, back to the original question, I think there are times, like when the weather's better, you envision a corona on the beach or something, or Christmas time, it's getting thrown in front of your face. You know, why? And then you got to question yourself, why, you know, is can I have one? Why can't I be normal? You know, you hear about Christmas parties or you see it on Facebook or Twitter. People are doing this, that and the other thing. Um, there are times. I mean, again, to me, it didn't make a difference whether it was New Year's Eve or St. Patrick's Day or July 13th, some random day. I was going to drink. And I was going to drink the way I wanted to drink. And chances are it was going to be a, a eruption by the end of the night. Um, 
but yeah, it, but I, I think what's important is to keep in the forefront that, you know, Justin, you know, you can't drink in safety. You have an allergy uh, to this drug and it makes you, or alcohol in this case, which I guess can be constituted as a drug, uh, but whatever. Um, yeah. Um, so throughout your addiction, uh, is there somebody you hurt the most? Like, who do you think you hurt the most over your years of drinking? Well, but my, well, myself, I think uh, okay. I hurt myself the most, um, <laughs> because it's, it, it, when you drink your prior, but I also hurt a lot of women on the way. Um, nice women and, and gentlemen, you know, you, um, I'm newly single now and there's times where, you know, I say and, and do the wrong things. And even though I don't drink, you know, that's where the recovery. So you got being sober and my recovery is, is a daily reprieve. That's going to hopefully be going to be there for the rest of my life. But, um, myself, because when you start drinking at 13, 14, I mean, I lost my twenties. There were, there were, there were things that. I could have, you know, there's places I could have gone to play baseball, for instance. There was different adventures, but but my priority was alcohol and, you know, going to Jamaica, going to different places. And I wasn't even worried about the weed when I went to Jamaica. I was just worried about being able to drink as much as I wanted to without being judged or being carded at 18, 19 years old. That's a problem. So the alcohol, it, it, it had its claws on me from a young age, and then it progressed into um, something Something not so nice, and I and unfortunately, I lost years of my life because of it. The good news is, again, I must have bumped my head at thirty, and I was able to tackle some of these things, and and just particularly in the fantasy in in the football world that I once you know just thought about, and um, which which is a story of you know it getting better, and I think that I have gotten better, but I'm certainly not cured. Was there a was there a bottom? I mean, you say you bumped your head, but like, was it was it just that easy? Where, because uh, I know some people hit rock bottom, some people it's it's DUIs in prison, some people, uh, like you said, it you just bumped your head, realized you were screwing up. What you know, we only get one life, and uh, you were screwing it up. So, was it just like a sudden realization, and you decided, okay, I have to, I have to fix this, or was there something that was bottom for you? How many, like, how many relationships can you squander? How many times can you make a, a female cry, say, you know, I love you, but you're an animal? Or how many times can you have, you know, friends that like to drink a lot that call you the biggest pig they've ever seen? It's like, wait a minute, you drink just as you drink too with me, but I'm like the can't, like, I'm like the guy that drinks the, the glass with the, um, and the cup was ninety percent full of vodka and just a splash of orange juice. Um, it was. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, I think. Right. And I think there was some form of awaken, like an, an awakening. And like, you know, you mentioned prison, you mentioned um, DUIs, and I have, I, I can't tell you. I mean, I couldn't even count how many friends and, and people I know have multiple DUIs and how many people I know that have died uh, because of, of drugs and alcohol. And it was, I, I got to uh, the point where my mom had already, dipped her toes into AA and she suggested that I go to a meeting and it, it was a meeting in my hometown, uh, a noon meeting. They call it the sunshine group. It's all a bunch of 70 and 80 year olds hmm. for the most part. But that is long-term sobriety with some hall of, you know, some of the hall of famers of the game that, that have lived long lives, haven't found it necessary to pick up a drink, lost significant others, 
you know, had trials and tribulations and yet they still find an hour out of each day to, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, uh, I think a lot of the old timers go there to shoot the shit, but a lot of them are there to keep it on the forefront that look, you know, even though I haven't had a drink for 40 years, uh, it's important that I continue to keep showing up. So I don't forget what it was like in the 1970s or, or whenever they stopped drinking. Right. Did you, um, have have you tried did you try to quit before that and fell off the wagon or was like was it the one time you went to AA and and I went to um I went to one meeting and I wasn't done. I w- actually I went to two meetings. Two meetings and I just wasn't done. I was looking I did what a lot of pe- uh, people I've seen do at this point. Look you're looking at your watch the whole time. You, you don't want to hold hands at the end and say the Lord's prayer. You didn't you just weren't done and I, I I wasn't done, and, and and like one of the old times around here, Bobby G is his name. And he said, if you, you, "You know, um, you're done when you're done. And if you're not done, you know, I, I can't I can't help you." So, and I think that's when you know I, I got some type of uh, I don't know what happened, but it was it was, and I can't say this enough. I'm being sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I think that's what happened. Me physically, mentally, I was just washed, and I, at by the end of my drinking. I was dr- I was drinking probably I don't know a l- I would drink a liter of like rum by like I don't know, start f- at five end at seven and the bottle would be gone like a long tall bottle and the very little coke gone and I would find myself driving the liquor store at eight o'clock because you're not going to quit and you you so I'm drinking like a liter and a half of, of of rum on a Friday night that's enough booze to get an elephant shit face so my tolerance was way up. And, um, and of course the next day you're depressed because alcohol is depressing and you're, you, you know, you're pissed just the sheets. There's a bag of Chinese food on the floor, ripped open, looked like the dog got to it, but it was you and none of it's gone. You gave the Chinese food driver a $18 tip on a $10 bag of food. All these awesome decisions that we make. Right. Um, so, so I, I've seen people go through severe detox, um, did you have that problem when you just finally decided enough was enough and that you were going to stop? Did you have to go through any type of a detox? I didn't get DTs. Thank God. I, I, I took it one day at a time. I started making enormous breakfast for myself. I didn't, I didn't quit smoking. I mean, as I said, the smoking increased, the cigarettes increased. And I just, you know, I wasn't in the safest environment when I, when I quit drinking. I was living at a friend's house. And, uh, there was a lot of drinking still going on there. And I eventually, my son Easton was born, um, eight months later. And, and I, I kind of hung on to that, but physically lucky enough to, um, not going through the shakes or any of the tremors, which, which I, I hear is, is, is terrible. And, and it, you know, I wasn't to the point where I was drink taking shots in the morning, but I was damn close. So you mentioned your son, and I guess this is probably a hard question to ask, but how are you going to broach that? How are you going to broach alcohol with your son, uh, both in him going forward as a young adult and being tempted with with drinking, and then of course with your story of of losing your twenties and how you might not have behaved the way you would have wanted to, and you know, letting him know you were an alcoholic. Have you thought about that in your head, like how you're going to discuss that with him going forward? Um, not quite where he's for, but I, I, I think if, if I had to have the conversation tonight, I would explain to him who his dad was 
and how things unraveled and telling some real, real horror shows um, and, and vivid stories to either scare the shit out of him or to, um, you know, to to make him have a different angle. Because let's face it, it's going to happen. He's going to be offered booze, it, 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 and we'll get to that, you know, bridge when we when we cross it. But I have a, you know, I, unfortunately, I have a sickness. He has my blood, so I think there is that genetic component to it. Yeah. And uh, and but the the lines of communication they stay open, um, and and the ability for him to come to me and talk to me about it, um, you know, I, I look I look forward to that day, and the hope is that you know I I that he can be able to drink and say, I mean, I, if I, t- I don't want to sound like a goof and say, I, I never want him to drink, but, um, I'm, I'm a, I'm the result of, uh, where it can get you and, and, and the hurt that I, that I cause a lot of people. Well, I mean, listen, I, um, with, with what went on with my brother and, and drugs. And then, um, so my brother actually was on several different drugs and, uh, he kicked the drug habit by picking up an alcohol habit, which is not, I mean, it's just mm. giving up one vice for another. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to lie to my kids and say, I want, like, I think you can handle a little bit. Like, I'm going to be right up front with them and say, I don't want you to drink at all. And yeah. I- I'm going to tell them, I know that might not be realistic, but, you know, I- I'm I'm kind of with, I-, I know you said it's like a good you'd sound like a goof, but I'm going to sound like a goof every time because I've seen what it happens in my family. And, and listen, I've never been personally, never been addicted to anything except, um, I am fat. So food, I guess you could say <laughs> maybe soda. Um, but I've, I had back surgery years ago and I had, they gave me a shot of Dilaudid. And to this day, when I mention the word, I still get tingles. Like I know, Instantly, if I had it again and then had it again, like I would be, I like, I would want it tomorrow if I could get my hands on it. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah, know, oh yeah. I just know, and it's not that I've been addicted to it, but just the feeling of it. Like, right now, I'm starting to sweat just because I've had it the one time. So, it is in it's it, um, alcoholism ran in, in my family on my mom's side. Um, it obviously hit my brother. So I know it's also in my blood and in my genes. So um, I am going to tell them, look, I, I, I can't tell you enough how it can ruin people's lives. So I really don't want you trying it. And mm-hmm. but again, I'll I'll tell them like and like you said, the lines of communication are going to be open. If you do drink, call me and let me drive you home. Let me take yep. care of you. If you get in a situation that's scary or a problem. Yep. Call me because I don't want you to drink. But if it happens, let me fix things. Let me take care of things. And, and you know, um, I heard on one of the other podcasts that uh, that you have a I mean, obviously, you have a sponsor with AA. Um, yep. Do you talk to him often? I, you know, I could talk to him uh, more than I do. That's for, for certain. But I can say this. He was there at the birth of my daughter, Violet, in uh, Easton's. He was at the hospital for both of those days, and uh, you know that's that's a testament of the program as well. I kind of latched on to him, and 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 I and to this day, you know, I want what he what he has. I, I think that's a part of the sponsorship, and um, you know, addressing the steps, the, some of the step work and the recovery work. But uh, we can all talk to our 
we can all talk to our sponsors a little more, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but but there are a number of alcoholics that I talk to daily and, and weekly, and, and sometimes all it takes is a small text that says two four, meaning twenty four hours. Keep it in the day, and it's just kind of nonverbal communication. You wake up in the morning, somebody sending you a text that says two four. It's kind of have a good day. Don't pick up today. You know, here's you know you can call me, and and that and that like we said at the beginning of the show, it's it's good to know that you're not alone. So I know you said you talked to some alcoholics during the day, or or recovering alcoholics during the day. Yep. Are you a sponsor? I have temporarily sponsored people. I do my damnedest to help people. Um, I numerous people reach out to me, and I tell them what I know. Uh, and I, I unfortunately, I, I don't have people under my wing right now that I'm going on, uh, through all the steps with. But I can uh, assure you that there's several people that I talk to consistently, and I can just I can only tell them what I know and what's gone on in the last five years and how things have gotten better. But it's still life, and um, you know it, we can get through the day without. Uh, having a drink. So if somebody came to you and said, "Hey, we want you to to be our my full time sponsor," then that's probably something you would do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. I mean, there's, and then you talk daily and, and try to go through the steps with them. Well, and and you know, being a sponsor is important, but also like telling your story, like you are on here, or um, or sharing it with people in person, and and like you said, just reaching out to people. Even if you're not an official sponsor, is helping people going forward. It's it's one of those uh, you don't have to make it official to be helping. Yep. And um, can you tell me? And I, we're gonna we'll change subjects here soon because I think we've we've gone through pretty much everything. But yep. um, you mentioned uh, prayer. How much has faith been a part of your recovery? I got a, I have a book next to me that I read every every morning. Uh, that. It, and it, it it's queued up to each day. It's there, there's and there's a number of short prayers. Um, I, I think that it's important to believe. We talk about higher power in AA, and that higher power can be anybody, whether it's Jesus or Buddha or the dog or the tree or a bag of potato chips, just something higher than you, um, something that you can kind of rely on. So it is it is important. Um, and and and. What's interesting about AA and, and, and alcoholism, it's not, and we talk about the 12 steps and, and so on and so forth, they're a guide to try to become a better person. Um, I'm learning in, so I've, I've been, it was April 2nd, that I, I got five years, and um, but there's the recovery process, which is being a better person, having faith in something aside from yourself, because my way didn't work. So there's got to there's something that you need to kind of rely on to kind of get you through the day, but it's huge. Um, do I go to church every day? No. Do I say? Do I pray? Of course I do. I'll, you know when I want, mostly before bed, or I say my daily prayer by myself to kind of give myself a shot in the arm, um, you know, to get to get the day going. But it's it's certainly important to rely on something other than yourself, um, because like I said, I keep saying I I bump my head. I must have bumped my head. And what I mean by that is obviously I bumped my head. It was something higher than me. Um, you know, kind of said, all right, not bonehead. That's, it's time to knock it off. I'm going to give you a shot. Let's, let's, here's your chance to, to, to put down the bottle. And it's, you know, whatever I'm doing has worked so far, but there's still a lot of work. 
How often do you look back and, and say, this is where I was and this is where I'm at now with life and just see how much better it is? It, I got to tell you, it's, it, it is better because I don't wake up with hangovers and get a little more money and stuff like that, but it's still life. Um, I've gone through some personal issues in the last year or so, and you think just because you stop drinking, then things are going to subside and everything's going to be hunky-dory and peaches and cream. Uh, but it's not the case. And in certain relationships, um, you know, my alcoholic tendencies, because I am an alcoholic, and it's got to do with my wiring, I'm mean, here dry drunk thrown around and stuff like that. I can easily snap back into uh, the man that did drink, which is a scary notion. And um, it really is. I'm, I've been trying to attend more step meetings, which is, is more oriented to the work. When you hear about putting the work in, that has to do with the 12 steps. And, and the 12 steps are that guide to make you a better, a better person and kind of just act like a, like a better person than you were when you were actively uh, drinking. So, I mean, I can't say it enough. I go one day at a time and it's, it's just, it's an, it's, I'm not going to pass this test or, or there's no alcoholic that's going to pass an exam like the SATs and you're going to be cured and fixed. It's something daily that needs to be worked on. And if you have, you act like a dipshit, you got to bounce back and kind of, you know, apologize to somebody or rectify the situation, try to go about it differently the next time. Do you find like doing shows like this where you sit down and obviously we, we just started talking about 45 minutes ago, but does that help you at all to sit down and talk to, to people about it other than outside of your meetings? Every single, every single time, every single time. I, I, it's, it's a beautiful thing and I, it's, it keeps you, you know, you, when we, we talk about alcoholics, it's the self-centeredness and the ego and, and the, sometimes the lack of humility, which is which I think is the self-centeredness is huge. Um, but I think when we have when I do shows like this or if I talk to other alcoholics, you know, it, it, it puts things in the forefront of where I was and the person that I am now. And I have people that ask me to, to talk to them about, um, you know, what they're going through and, and, and how I do better. But again, I, I would like to be on the show next year and then tell you guys you know what's going on in the last year and how things uh, have improved because it's a it's it's a daily thing and um you know i, I just go one day at a time but it's in, it's very important not to forget where i was six seven years ago um but if i was where i was at six seven years ago i wouldn't be on your show tonight talking to you guys about this well i was gonna say i i hope it's not a a, a year before we talk again but if we gotta wait a year oh, no. oh you you know <laughs> So you totally took that different than me. I was saying, look, he's had a decent enough time. He's willing to come back in a year. Like I, I, was excited. I was excited. George is like, oh, man, we're not going to get to talk to him for a year. I'm like, woohoo, we get to talk to him again. He didn't have a bad time. Anytime, guys. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now, what you've got going on in the fantasy football world? Do you want to, um, do you want to talk about how maybe fantasy's helped you in recovery or even just sure. even just what day to day what you do like like you have what most people listening to this podcast would consider like a dream job dream like dream scenario yep you know they they took the what they love doing which is fantasy football and turned it into a career yeah i don't i mean obviously you have a 9 to 5 like everybody else but the i work for footballdiehards.com this is year 27 they're out of albuquerque uh so the magazines, I don't know if you guys are magazine guys, but 
I am still a magazine person when it comes to fantasy football. I like the physicality. I want to sit on the beach. If I want to take a shit and read the magazine, I like <laughs> to be able to flip the pages. I'm old school. So the magazines that I bought when I was active for so many years, I'm now lucky to be in. This will be year four. I'm in some of these fantasy football magazines. So when you go to the store, Walmart, right around August, it's interesting to see my my own fat face <laughs> in magazines that I used to read, which is which which I I, I would say is some type of gift of the the gift of sobriety. Um, I will be starting a new podcast in the next week or so with Bob Harris, the senior editor of FootballDiaries.com. I'm Bob has a show on Sirius. We are fully sponsored by DraftKings. Um, I have a great rapport with those guys at DraftKings. They are sponsoring our show. We will tackle everything fantasy-related uh, with, with some humor. Soft season, then when the regular season starts, we'll, we will talk DraftKings prices each week. Um, no, and I'm, I'm doing, I do some social media for Rotor Grinders, which is the epicenter of daily fantasy sports. Uh, based out of Nashville, Tennessee, that's a, they're a great group of guys. If you play da- daily fantasy fo- uh, sports, uh, Roto Grinders is and has been the Ferrari. So I manage their football Twitter handle. But it's a slow period for a lot of us. We start doing best balls and stuff. I mean, I think this is the lull, but it's going to start. I don't say it's slow. It's obviously picking up tread now. But if, if there was a time to kind of sit in your ass and during football, it was a couple weeks ago. It was a few weeks ago. The draft is coming up, so we'll. Will certainly be busier, and football has become three sixty five, which is beautiful. See, I have a I have a little problem where like I hear one thing and then like I hyper focus on that. So, <laughs> so you were talking about magazines and that you you read them on the toilet, and I, and the only thing I could think of is okay if I ever meet you, don't look at your magazines. Like I feel <laughs> like. I feel, I feel like I've, I feel like I would have to wash my hands immediately. And and you know what's <laughs> dumb about that is I read my phone like on in the bathroom, so like my right. phone is exactly the same, same thing. thing. Right. But yeah. it, like that's the I was like yeah. all right, don't read his magazines. Yeah. No, I don't I don't sit there and read about myself. But I'm I'm just saying back in the day. <laughs> the reason, right? I mean, we we um before computers and all this stuff fantasy football you would i love looking forward to june and and july and being able to go to a bookstore and get a magazine with rankings oh yeah and and just comb through them by the time late august rolled around the magazine was been 30 different pieces and um i mentioned the toilet because it's easier to bring that than your uh your laptop laptop yep yep yeah even though we have a phone, I mean, they're small, they're smaller. So you, you can't get all the information. When I like to flip the pages and be able to get something quicker. And I still think you can get to certain things quicker with a magazine, um, the way the magazine's laid out, but, um, times are changing gentlemen, as we know. So it's computer driven. A lot of it's on the computer, but I'm still one of these dinosaurs that enjoys reading two I, I, different, three different magazines a year. I, I play in a, a fantasy league with a guy who's bra- he always brags about his uh, home league, and his <clears throat> excuse me, his home league is exactly what you're saying, where it's old school to the point where they don't use computers to keep track of scoring or add yep. drops or anything. If you they you literally they use the paper, the newspaper that comes out yep. to tally up all the scoring. If you want to add yep. or drop somebody. You have to send him a letter in the mail, and that's the only way you're getting anybody added or dropped. Wow. Yeah, it's a complete old-school league. Uh, he tells me it's been around for about 25, 30 years. I, 
the Flintstones. Yeah. I don't have I don't have patience for that at all. I no, neither do I. <laughs> yeah, I don't have like. I'm part of the immediate self gratification uh, ge- generation. I'm sorry. I need it right now. Yeah, yeah. I do remember. I started in 2000, but I do remember. I played my first home league was an IDP league, and then you have to look the next day. It was interesting. I picked up pick up the Boston Herald and then go and check out the box scores, and you would see what type of like sacks and uh, tackles and, and so forth that and, and kind of accumulated that way. So we're yeah, we're going back 18 years. I mean, I I get it, but I, that would be uh, super annoying at this point. <laughs> so so it's um. You with magazines, it kind of reminds me of, uh, um, I have a friend whose wife really likes cookbooks, <laughs> and and I, I just I don't with with cookbooks I don't get it because if you, like nowadays with the internet if you want a recipe, you know you just Google what you if, have if, in the house. If it's and, not on Google, you don't need it. Yeah, right, right. YouTube, YouTube. Yep. Oh, YouTube too. YouTube's amazing. Like. Just starting this podcast, I had to figure out how to use all the equipment, mm-hmm. and YouTube gives you how to edit your podcast, how to set up your mixer. How I mean, yep. like we can, you can ask YouTube for a video of how to change the light on a 2012 Honda Pilot, and there's like four dudes yep. doing it. Like they don't yep. even look to see if somebody's already done it; they just go ahead and put theirs out there too. <laughs> It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Technology's been uh, – it's one of those things. But – and I do get the idea because I still like re- – when I actually read a book, I still like reading from a book. Uh, most of the time I do audiobooks now because we're I'm – at, I'm at work so long that, uh, that I don't have time to actually flip through pages and actually read. So it's either podcasts right. or, or audiobooks. But yeah, I get what you're saying about the tactile feel – like there's something about the pages of like a magazine or a book when you when you're reading. Yep, the physicality of it, I love it. I'll, I'll probably always read fantasy football magazines. Um, you mentioned uh, so like DraftKings, but daily fantasy sports. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people with alcoholism. Um, if when <laughs> they when they lose that or leave that, yeah. sometimes they pick up other vices. So was gambling ever a problem for you? No, I mean, no, but it could be, it could be, it certainly could be talk about the wiring and it could be, I mean, I'm an alcoholic. I can get addicted to anything. I mean, I will, chances are I'll get off this podcast with you guys and go kill a pint of ice cream. No problem. <laughs> then more. And, I mean, really, what, what kind of ice cream? Fat, fat guys need to know what kind of ice cream, I, you know, I, Typically Ben and Jerry's, but I mean whatever's yeah, out. I love Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Oh, I, I absolutely. Love so ben the Jerry's most cream. important question: What is your favorite Ben and Jerry's? Ooh, probably fish food. Yes, oh, yeah. chocolate right. and marshmallow and caramel. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, you know what? There's not a lot of bad Ben. Ben and Jerry's is thick, rich ice cream. And then as an alcoholic, I rationalize it. Well, you just ate that pint in two minutes, but then I say to myself. I can have this whole pint, or I can have another one because I've never been an asshole from eating too much ice cream. <laughs> uh, right? Still, right? Ab- absolutely. You know what I can tell you? Because George and I, uh, we're doing a weight loss challenge right now. Ooh. So we're both we're both losing weight. 
Nice. Um, I have too. I've lost some pounds too. So well, here, here's what I can tell you. I have definitely been an asshole for not eating ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for you guys though. I'll tell you, weight loss is a bitch too. I, I, I talk about this all the time. Like quitting drinking was not easy. Cigarettes was not easy. Um, but to manage weight uh, is is very very hard. Very hard. And Matt Harmon talked about that. That's his. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's his. something Matt Harmon will always talk about. Well, I'll tell you what's what's been tough for me is, um, and and I drink diet soda, but drinking soda has the, been the hardest for me to give up. Oh. And, it, and it sounds dumb, but like oh. I gave I gave up soda for Lent just because my wife asked me to. Like she said, mm-hmm. "Hey, you got to give up something. Give up soda." And like I, so I went a month and I was good like the whole time, but man, Easter rolled around and right back to right back to soda and and it sounds so. Let me say this: right I'm, back to aspartame. I'm t- I'm talking to somebody who's who's recovering Ooh. alcoholic, so it's like I'm it, soda is not on that level, but in my head, like I thought, okay, I've been done a month, I won't go back to it. And dude, the morning of Easter, I'm like, all right, that I gotta first go. I'm, gonna, gotcha. I'm gonna get a soda. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's hard. It's hard. I love. I love Coca Cola Classic, boys. I love it in the can. Give me a Mountain Dew, and that's the alcoholic mindset. I can. And I, I, look, we're human, so I'm going to be damned to put down everything. But I remember my doctor saying a long time ago, "Just you stop the soda, you'll drop ten pounds, like right off yeah. the bat." Yeah. And um, it's just it. It's it's hard, but you got to kind of re like reprogram yourself. And I can I can slip, and and I can also rationalize it with. Uh, Look, it's at least it's it's not a Red Bull and vodka, Justin. So it's okay for you to have fifteen lollipops and or <laughs> six Snickers bars, right? You know? so or that's oh, just my wiring. I'm, I'm I'm screwed up. I'm sick. I'm trying to get better. That's all. Or a box of Little Debbie's brownies. Well, what, dude? Whatever. Cheese. I'll eat a whole <laughs> box of Cheez Its. I can't get enough. I mean, whether it's sweets or, um, and again, I've lost, but. I'm, I have lost some weight, which is good, but uh, I can turn food into uh, – I can be an elephant there too, or I don't know what elephants eat, but I could certainly be a hippopotamus when it comes to food. Um, and it's just a matter of balancing it, not eating late. And portion control is huge. So what what I've been doing, and I don't really want to get into our diets too much, but uh, – and Jason's over here shaking his head now – is, uh, I've been doing what's called a keto diet and, uh, it's, it's actually, it's an amazing diet. Um, it's, it's, it's the Atkins diet for the, it's, for 2018. It's not the Atkins diet. It's, it's the 2018 version of the Atkins diet. It's low carb. It, it is a low carb diet. It's a high fat, medium protein, low carb. And just throwing it out there. Oh. If you try it, it, it works. That's all I'm going to say is it works. Send me some info. I'm down. I will. I'm down. I'm uh, trying to get under two bills. I just hit two, two. I'm two ten. So trying to get under two bills. Oh, you're not even near our level. Yeah, we're both happy we got under three bills. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, Jason, I was three twenty six, and Jason, you were what? Uh, well, so I've been upwards of three fifteen, and as of today, I'm uh, I'm about two seventy. And I'm about I'm about two seventy nine. I love it. Yeah. So you guys feel better? Oh yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, it's it's so long to go still. So it's right. like I feel better, but it's still the there's a lot left to do. 
Um, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a good feeling every day to know that it's, we're making progress. Like I'm making progress in the right direction. Yeah. Every day is progress for everybody. So yeah, beautiful. Well, so we are going to jump into the, uh, questions from that app we talked about before the show, the fantasy life app. Um, we got some of the users to ask us or ask questions to ask you. Um, so we're going to jump into those if that's okay with you. Sure. Yeah, we'll 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 speed these up. There's not a whole lot of them here. The third Mike wants to know what running back, <laughs> wide receiver, quarterback that's moved teams are you the least apprehensive about? Ooh, let's think about this. Um, I do like Allen Robinson in Chicago. Yep. Uh, he's young. He's young. I I, I thought he was going to stay in Jacksonville. It that it. it, it Looked like there was going to be a rapport built with Blake Bortles, but it did not work out. Um, Cam Meredith just left the Bears. So, uh, A-Rob should eat in Chicago. As far as quarterbacks, well, I like Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. I think the talent around him with a health, healthy Delvin Cook is going to be huge. I, I sucks about Teddy Bridgewater. I was hoping to see a Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota, and that's why they drafted him. Of course, Case Keenum looked pretty good. And running back, uh, wow, let's you think, boys, you're put you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> you can take so I, I feel like the easy quarterback is definitely Kirk Cousins to say, um, mm-hmm. just because of the situation he fell in. I actually like Keenum a little bit more. The situation he fell in in Denver. Yeah, um, they might try quarterback to Broncos, but Keenum looked damn good. Yeah, he really, did. Really. He he looked. So the only bad years Keenum has had is under Jeff Fisher. Which is yeah, which is interesting. I, hey, the talent was there. Yeah, in Minnesota, when you talk about Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph, I mean, the, the weaponry was in place, and I, I think that helps because uh, there's a Vikings offense that, and of course, defensively they're great. But I mean, it's it's nice to have all those toys everywhere. And so but, I'm going to give you a pass on the running back because I don't know that I, I was going to say McKinnon. Yeah, that, I mean, there hasn't been any giant. Jarek McKinnon, give me Jarek McKinnon, sure. Okay. I, I think that's I think that's fair. I like what John Lynch is doing there. Um, you know, Shanahan is is <laughs> we know what happened with Garoppolo leaving New England. I think the pieces are are, are in play. It's nice. It's going to be nice to see the 49ers get better. I like that. Adrian Peterson. I think Jarek McKinnon was drafted originally to kind of follow in Adrian Peterson's footsteps. Didn't work out, but he's still relatively young, so now he's got the keys. And with Carlos Hyde in, in Cleveland, um, it'll be interesting to see what, what Jarek McKinnon can do with 20 touches every single week. And I, th- I think it'll be a reasonable price in like uh, redraft leagues in August. Yep. Uh, next question, Mike wants to know, why is it easier to give fantasy advice about somebody else's team than make moves with your own team? Because you don't give a shit about somebody else's money. <laughs> that is the absolute correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you try to be you try to be diplomatic. I mean, every time I answer a question, I I answer quite a bit of questions in in season, and I just it's usually based on what I would do. I would never tell anybody to do something that I wouldn't do. So I I, I that's just the way I roll. I think it's also because it's not your team, so you're not emotionally involved. Where when it is your team, you know, it, it, you're emotionally involved in the decisions. Right. You got to go with your gut. How many times have we not gone with our gut and tinkered and it's backfired on us? You got to go with your gut and just 
shut the phone off or close the laptop and just yeah, go with your initial instinct and, and you usually you're golden. It's when you start fooling around, it kicks you in the ass. Um so Mike also wants to know how did you get started with fantasy? I graduated high school in two thousand. It was uh we did we did Yahoo and it was I think it was an auto draft actually, which which is which is really st- Stupid. I think I landed Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss. So I was like, boom, right off. The- Look, I love this. <laughs> I, can handle this I can handle Randy Moss. Um, this is good. You're winning. And um, one of these things, uh, I, uh, wow, it brings people together. Drafts were held at the same house for a number of years. You would look forward to it. And it became a trend. And then, and then as the years went by, it turned into a keeper league, and we kind of moved things around and made it super flex. And and uh, so yeah, it was eighteen years ago, and it was it was fantasy football was just just kind of even though like you said those old timers did it way back, it was just from a computer standpoint, it was just starting to hit like um, the internet as far as I can remember. Well, and and it's true though, like. It, the best drafts are still the ones where you get together. Like our George and I are in our league together, um, and it's my favorite one because we get together at one location. We all right. shoot the shit and t- pick on each other's picks or say, "Hey, that was a good pick or a value pick." And it's always right. it's always way better doing it with a group of guys like in a room. Hey, again, the physicality, right? We can shit on the magazine talk, but. You know, being in the same room, physically present with other people, aside from hot, you know, uh, opposed to hiding behind a computer screen, miles away from the other person, they're all in the same room. Everybody usually used to congregate with their their magazines and, and show up. Now everybody has laptops when they show up. But oh, not not when we draft. No, nope. you make no, your, nice. you're you not make, allowed to bring a laptop. You make your list. Oh, I love it. You make your list when you before you come in. Yep, I love it. You can use your phone it. and. And and some people started cheating. They started downloading draft apps to where the app would help them with their next pick. And I think we're gonna have to discuss that this coming year. But uh, I let them keep doing it. You know why? I beat them anyway. <laughs> you got right. lucky. I did get lucky. So I got as lucky as you could get this year in this league. Uh, they you, you got lucky starting on draft day and then every day forward because you were willing to give up your second round pick, which was Todd Gurley for Isaiah Crowell. Well, listen, I didn't have Gurley Ooh. when I wanted Crowell. Don't start with that. <laughs> but no, so um, I won by point two seven points because they pulled Bell at the end of the game. One of the cons of season long leagues. This is have daily, so you're not married to to a guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, next question is: What do you think the current value of the one hundred one pick in Dynasty? Uh, well, I mean, I would assume it's Saquon Bar- Barkley. Right. So, and there's while we haven't seen a talent like him in some time, depending on where he lands is is going to be. I mean, if he leaves, lands in Cleveland, you know, how many how how long are we going to talk about the Browns being good? I mean, I, I know that they should be, but I mean, they are the Cleveland Browns. Unfortunately, um. I don't. I don't put a ton into. It's it certainly it's it, it's interesting. It's got like that flash appeal to it, but I don't know that it's necessary. I mean, it's 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 a nice thing to have or trade. Um, I mean, it's not. It's a nice thing to dangle as a carrot. Who are some of your deep sleepers this year? Oh man, uh, you had you had to put me there. Uh, what team? What what division do you want to go in? We we can go division by division. Um, let's see what position. 
Any positions? Uh, let's say let's do one wide. Rec- let's do. We'll, we'll keep it for time's sake. We'll keep it. We'll keep it short. Let's do one wide receiver, one tight end, and one running back. Because I think we can all agree, quarterbacks across the board are pretty much equivalent. Wow. Um, I hate to say Amir Abdullah, because you guys know how I. F- I mean, I, I've. Uh, let me let me let me think about this. Jay, I'll, I'll say this. No, 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 no. I want you to say Amir Abdullah. My face lit up when you said that because I'm sitting across from a guy who has been an Abdullah truther for the last several years. The last and, two years, and he swore to me this year he wouldn't draft him. So I want you to sell him on Amir Abdullah <laughs> desperately so he does it again. Ain't happening. I, hey, if you watch what he did in Nebraska, it was it was very special. I mean, the the Lions just it's kind of like. Um, When's the last time the Lions have had a good running back like Barry Sanders and they've been plagued with some of these injuries? So I like AA, and based on the tape that we saw in Nebraska, he did screw up certain opportunities uh, when the, when he got the keys uh, last year, and and they just grabbed Blunt, and and there's there's rumors that they're gonna the Lions might draft a running back. I I will go with I think a guy like Chris Carson in Seattle is gonna get the football quite a bit that. That running game has been a, in shambles since Marshawn Lynch has moved. Um, I like Carson. I think – I think – now, Jay Jayi is not a deep sleeper by any stretch, but he's he getting taken off the board in like the fifth or sixth round in these best balls, and I think that Jay Jayi was a top ten running back this time last offseason. So if, you know, good offensive line, Philadelphia, uh, Jayi can, can certainly pay off his tag. Um, tight ends, I, the relocation of, uh, I'm not going to call Eric Ebron a sleeper by any chance, but he was, you know, he didn't live up to his expectation in Detroit. I think it, it's a good fit for him in Indianapolis. Um, you guys going to have to get back to me in, in uh, probably another month or June, and I'll have, um, I'll have some more names for you for sure. But there's definitely going to be sleepers where it's only April. I feel like we're grizzly bears just kind of. So we went from next June. For next, or next year. April to to June, we're moving yep. in the right direction, dude. Yeah, we'll, no, we'll hook, we'll hook up. I'll tell you what, we'll hook up in June. Whatever you guys want. <laughs> By the end of the show, I feel like you're going to invite us over for dinner or something. <laughs> I like we're moving in that direction. <laughs> we'll get a, we'll get ice cream. Oh, oh. Uh, okay. I'll you know what? I'll break it just to just to hang out. <laughs> um, so uh, a non fantasy question: What's your best dance move? Jeez, guys, I, I don't. I, <laughs> the, sit, the sitting on the couch move. That is the running man. Dude, don't steal my moves. My best move is sitting on the couch. I, I was say, I was gonna say, mine is the MC Hammer. That's it. Doing, doing the hammer. <laughs> I've seen him do it too. All right, uh, pineapple belongs on pizza, right? I like. I like. Uh, I used to get a thin crust from Domino's pepperoni pineapple. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, damn right it does. Uh, boo, boo. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't think so. Oh, yes. yes. You are so wrong. Justin, <laughs> thank you. All right. You don't, don't know how much we've argued this back and forth. So, I don't, you know, I wouldn't put it in that classification. I suppose you could. Ah, uh, see, he said you could. He supposed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking what I can on this one. <laughs> yeah. You're going to take a loss. Uh, I took the loss. Uh, is this the worst podcast you have ever been on? No, guys, this is probably the best podcast we've ever been on. Oh, so I'm, I'm taking that, too. Yep. Nope. Sorry, Neil. You're the worst. Is Follow up. Is Clock Dodgers the worst podcast you've ever been on? No. 
Neil, uh, Neil is a class act, and he put that together really well. No, the, the correct answer is yes. That's the worst podcast you've ever been on. I'll tell you what, that kid puts a lot of pride into what he does. He does. I can't, uh, I can't uh, knock him. Was he down in Florida with you guys? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, so when we did our, our, when we do our tours for Tot stuff, uh, we, he came over to Orlando last year, uh, or the year before that. This past year, we went down to his neck of the woods, and then this year he's going to come up to St. Augustine with us. Uh, he, he's a good friend of ours. We're just busting his balls. Yeah, yeah. He's. I'll tell you what. When I when I was on that podcast. Very struck, well structured, you know, like you guys are. But he took a lot of pride in what he was doing, and the questions that he asked were were, were well sought out, and he and he cared, and he asked them with 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 care, and you and you really get the impression that he enjoys what he what he does in a podcast perspective, and he takes a lot of pride in it. I, I have I have a uh, uber respect for for guys like him and you. He he helped us. Trem- I am all bullshit aside. He helped us tremendously uh, getting this show up off the ground. Uh, when we had questions and needed advice, he was our go-to. And and I'll say this, and he probably won't want to own up to this because he listens to our show sure. occasionally. Uh, we wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for him. So we really we give him crap, um, and he may be sorry he unleashed us upon the world. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean he he is as far as it goes. He is one of the the better guys I know. Yep. Um, especially you know being a a, a up and cut. Well, I would. Can I call us an up and coming podcast? How about a, a small time, a smaller? Well, podcast? we're international. We are worldwide, internationally listened to. Oh yeah, so. we do have a couple. For listen, we had a couple downloads in Russia. I have no idea how that <laughs> happened. But not a good product. That, that's, that's a- absolutely. We're international. <laughs> um, uh, NFL draft. Do you throw a party? The like the actual draft itself, not a fantasy draft. Coming asset. Question again, I'm sorry? The NFL draft. Should you throw a party? No. <laughs> that, no. Is, that is the correct answer on that. No. no, I mean maybe for the you know, for for the first night, but I mean the first couple of rounds, but I, no. Yeah. No. So, so what we do is uh me, Jason, and a couple of friends of ours, we, we meet up at a restaurant. Um a couple of years we've done Hooters, we're gonna go to a, uh another place this year and we're gonna sit down, eat dinner, and because all of our teams suck. Uh, we'll be able to eat dinner, watch our team draft, and then go home happy. Yeah, we'll be home probably. You know, so I'm a Bucks fan. He's a, a Dolphins fan. We'll be home by like let's say ten o'clock, <laughs> earlier than that. Hey Barkley, I got a I got a good friend in Vegas that's a, a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and 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 you could, uh, I could see Saquon Barkley is a is a damn good fit for that Bucks offense. My, I mean, how, how beautiful with that? I'm not saying that you know he's going to Tampa Bay, but my problem is, would we be smart enough to actually take him? He falls into our lap. Would would the Bucks be smart enough to take that guy? Because because they yeah. haven't shown they are that smart in the past. I think that you have to take him. I pick seven. If he I, I, if he's there, I think they take him. They desperately need the running back. They know they have nothing on the roster that that is anything of value. Yeah, how long are you going to get scraped by with 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 guys like Jaquiz Rogers and Peyton Barber? Charles Sims didn't work out like it was supposed to. You know, Charles Sims was supposed to be, you know, have an immediate impact, and uh, it hasn't worked out the way we wanted to. And Doug Martin showed us little flashes of you know what he, <clears throat> the muscle hamster, right? But Barkley's not going to. I can't see him going past Tampa. I would be really surprised. Yeah, I, w- I would too. See, I I just. So I have visions of like Sue going before, and look, McCoy's been good, but um, you know, and and the year that uh, Calvin Johnson came out, you know, 
I was on the trade your whole draft to go up and get him train mm-hmm. and you know so I have this vision of like the three guys that I really would want what, at, at what, that spot being gone. I just really what, what do you want? I mean as a box fan, I mean what do you Well, so Barkley is my number 1. I mean, you know, if he fell. So defensive end Chubb is somebody I was really into cuz our defensive line, I mean, we're the worst sack team in the league and it wasn't close last year. You won't be there. You know Bradley Chubb's not. Gonna yeah, be and there. he so he's not going to be there. And look, it, it goes back to winning that last game of the season. You know, I think we'd have been at four maybe if uh, if we didn't win against the Saints in like a meaningless game. But, um, and then you know, honestly, I would I'd be super happy taking Nelson if if both Barkley and Chubb are gone. Quentin. Yeah, Quentin Nelson, a, like a guard that you can rely on for a decade. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Derwin James out of Florida State is project like a safety. Are they are they really going to go safety? Um, I I I don't know. I'll tell you what though, uh, and I, I, we got hung up on the Bucks here, but because I'm an, I'm an optimist for the Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers in a in a really fun division. You know, you put Saquon Barkley in that backfield with Adam Humphreys just signed a tender the other day, and of course Chris Godwin. They gave Cameron Brake big money. O.J. Howard was an absolute animal at Alabama. Um, and, of course, Mike Evans um, and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, this is a team that could, they'd, you know. They'd still need a quarterback. Yeah. Well, Winston's going to sling it. Give it. I mean, the maturity is going to come, and I think the maturity comes with experience. And uh, people were throwing the towel in on Carson Wentz. You know, Evan Silva was bashing Deshaun Watson. Um, and how'd that work out? So it's like. A lot of people ate crow with that one. What's that? A lot with of people, Watson? yeah, with Watson. A lot of people ate crow with him. Yeah, he, well, he. I mean, the guy, he shredded Alabama twice. And cerebrally, he's a smart kid, so he's he's smart and he's got that poise in the big game. And I think those are the intent, kind of the things that when you get to the next level, um, matter. <laughs> you know, a lot of teams don't just carve up Alabama twice in big games like that. So I think something needs to be said for the, you know, the, the level of comfort. And, and we, and, and then we saw it Houston when he was healthy, you know, what he did with uh, Deandre Hopkins is uh, there's going to be some magic. And I think the future is bright for the, the quarterback position. And, and there could be five quarterbacks taking the first round this year. Yeah, easily. So which, uh, which of the five do you think is going to have the best career Ooh. putting you on the spot? It depends on the landing spot, uh, you know. Um, I think Josh Rosen is the best quarterback at UCLA in the draft, and we talk about Josh Josh Allen out of Wyoming and Sam Darnold. They're all they're all pretty good. A lot of Baker Mayfield truthists. He's got kind of that swagger, and he's and, and he's, he's actually good. That that's know, that's who I think is the best quarterback is he, Baker Mayfield. He's good, but I think that you know what's important is the location. You know, if you, and, I would, and, I would, I would be thrilled to death if Miami traded up to to take him. I would be. We need a quarterback. Tannehill's definitely not our answer. I would be. I would trade our first and second round pick, third round pick. I don't give a damn if they went up, up on the Ryan Tannehill, huh? Oh yeah, I, I've never been a Tannehill fan. He's an at best, he's an average quarterback. I, I don't. I used to be high on him. I'm not anymore. It's. We need hey, something different. Quarterbacks get thirty million a year. I'm I'm totally jealous. The worst thing in the world. <laughs> well, listen, we talked we talked. Um, so 
we've talked on our show before. You know why mediocre quarterbacks get thirty million dollars a year? Because of Joe Flacco. Because of because because <laughs> of uh, seasons like uh, Cleveland had. You know what I mean? Like like Kaiser or you know Brissett seasons like that. So you take an average quarterback. And uh, and you look at what a bad quarterback does, and you're desperate to hold on to average. Yeah, I mean the difference between see, Kaiser was he was pretty good, okay, in college. Uh, bad landing spot, Cleveland. He's no longer there. Jacoby Brissett got to watch Tom Brady for a number of years. There were moments where he got to he did get to play in the preseason. That level of comfort came with Brissett. Stick him on a bum team on a fast track. Um, for Indianapolis, and um, he was just able to let loose. But you're right. I mean, you're right, and it's it's actually embarrassing some of the contracts some of these guys are getting oh. for just being. We we talked about that last week. Average. I'm, I, I'm in the opinion that quarterbacks are, are are overpaid, and and that most of them aren't worth the the money that they're getting paid. I'd rather pay a little bit lesser quarterback a lot less money to to play for me. Than to pay a slightly more average quarterback more and more money that's going to kill my cap for the next three, four, or five years. Oh, I, look, Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, Nick Foles. Yep. I mean, these are guys that have been they've been around the block, and all of a sudden they're Joe Montana. Um, a few years into their career, so it can some of these journeymen. Um, last year was it was shocking. Even a guy like McCown. Oh yeah, he, he's a he's a guy that could. He was he was interesting in Tampa. You, you're, when was he teaching one day, and then he was yeah. in the football field the next. The next, yeah. yep. Kind of like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, just sling it around. And All right. this was so, fun, boys. Thanks well, for having me on the show tonight. I appreciate it. Hey, bro, um, I'm try, I'm trying to get you off. We're we're rolling over an hour and twenty minutes well, already. Well, you know what? We're gonna <laughs> go ahead and we're gonna end up wrapping it up because we've kept you for a lot longer than I expected we were going to. And uh, we're hurting our chances to come over and have some ice cream tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to say again, it, it really was great that you um, you came on the show tonight. Great um, time, guy. And uh, George, do you want to say anything? Nope. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Hey, thanks for leaving me out there. Hey, so so jo- Justin, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Um, we let people plug themselves here at this at this point. At Justin Lonero on Twitter, um, J-U-S-T-I-N-L-O-N-D-R-O. And then I manage the football pot, um, football pot, I was going to say, uh, the football handle for Roto-Grinders. Uh, so you can find us there. And I am one of the hosts of the Football Diehards podcast with Bob Harris. So that'll be that's an interesting project that I'm looking forward to doing. But um, hit me up anytime. Justin, thank you so much. Uh, we really do appreciate you coming on. Anytime, man. Yep. Thank you. And we're back. That was an awesome interview. That's, Once again, I, I don't, you know, and I, I keep it. I doing the and we're back. And well, we are back, but we didn't go we, anywhere. We, we didn't, didn't. Literally, we went nowhere. We, we stopped talking for like five seconds, and then we just picked right back up. Yeah. <laughs> so that was our interview with Justin. Really nice guy. Um, seems like the guy who would give you the shirt off his back or the ice cream out of his freezer. I don't think you're getting the ice cream out the freezer. No, probably that's, not. That's probably not I happening. I probably have to bring my own ice cream out. It's BYO icy. You did that quick. 
BYO. Yeah, yeah, like you for a guy who couldn't do BFTG for a while. I'm fat, dude. I can bring my own ice cream. <laughs> don't to- don't think I haven't gone to a house and brought my own fucking ice cream. You, okay, you totally brought out the uh, the initials BYIC. Yeah, you <laughs> fucked it up that time, dude. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. You said BYIC. Bring your. You're supposed to say own ice cream, but you did bring your ice cream, which yeah. works too, I guess. But that you fucked it up the second time. But the first time, real, I was real impressed. You just ruined. Hey, it. that. Anyway, that was our interview, and uh, we really appreciated Justin coming on. Do me a favor. Um, if you want to reach out to him and let him know you heard us, if uh, if he moved you, if he made a difference, if you learned something new, um, tag him and let him know. You know, Say, hey, we heard you on Break from the Grind. And uh, people... If, uh, if you're not following him on Twitter, follow him on Twitter. Dude is extremely interactive, real nice guy. Uh, if you have questions, he he will get back to you and answer your questions. Um, we, we, we're looking forward to him. We will have him on a, a, again. Uh, it, it was supposed to be next year, but I mean, we actually convinced him to like two months from now. I think at some point, like he said, so, uh, so I'm thinking here's the, here's the deal. Yeah. So it went from next year to two months. So the next time we have him on dude, three man show, you think, yeah, you think he'll join us? I, th- I, why wouldn't he? I mean, we'll buy him ice cream <laughs> and a potato. <laughs> Yes. All right, guys. So if you want to reach out to us, I am at Dr. Mill on the Fancy Life app. I'm at Geo. You can catch us on our email at bftgpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at bftgpod. You can go to our website, www.bftgpodcast.com. Go to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave us a review. Um, We're on Stitcher. We're on Podbean. Hey, we have a website. We're on our website. Uh, send Jason some some dick pics. He's getting lonely out there. Uh, I'm here in, in the blue room. So if you want to come to the blue room, come hang out. Uh, anyway, so thank you for listening. Thank you, Justin, for coming on. And thank you for taking a break from your daily grind. mentioned earlier we have a special guest on tonight it's uh mr justin lorana am i pronouncing that right lanero lanero yeah it's lanero okay i want to make sure uh as we mentioned earlier we got a special guest on tonight mr justin lorano no all right lanero god damn this (laughs) i told you i told you it's what he does Uh, it's what i do it's my shtick see now you know why it takes me so long to edit i broke the ice that's what i was doing all right uh so for the third time, <laughs> uh, as mentioned previous, we have a special guest on tonight, Justin Lorano. Nope.